0: Welcome to Conversations About Integrity, I'm Aninya and this is episode 11 in which I'm talking to Peter Powell who took my invitation to ask questions seriously and did ask me a couple of my own questions in return and I enjoyed this a lot Um, and I do hope that you too enjoy this episode that got a little bit longer than the other ones, Um, yeah but still we are exploring integrity from different angles and I wish you a wonderful time listening. We are live at, for our conversations about integrity and I am talking today to Peter Powell. And I love the description that you sent me about who you are and I'm, I'm, I'm going to read it. Thank
1: you.
0: Peter Powell is a musician by training and an entrepreneur by accident. He has worked as an entrepreneur running his own marketing and event production agency, lectured in universities and facilitated workshops and design days on creativity, entrepreneurship and marketing. He is passionate about learning and determined to convince anyone who will listen that everyone is creative and given half a chance, has something valuable to contribute to the world. His latest project is launching Team Academy Maastricht a university for entrepreneurs in which students learn to do business by traveling around the world as they launch their own business and earn a bachelor's in business administration. And I will add the link to this uh, in the description of this podcast. I met uh, Peter online, actually, for the first time.
1: Not like that, not the way you guys are
0: thinking. Much. at the old um, mba for seth Gordon's old mba in 2016 in autumn and we've had some very nice uh, conversations then and we've met since in person both in copenhagen berlin and amsterdam already which is quite amazing i find um and here we are again o- online in a conversation and i invited you because I was curious what you would say about integrity. Well, thanks for um, having me. Yeah. I'm,
1: too. I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to say about integrity.
0: Yeah, good. <laughs> um, what else? I know that you are living in the Netherlands, but are. Yeah, I, for, I always forget. Canadian I'm, English, mm-hmm. Australian yeah Yeah. i i hate it i did not you got it it's
1: the commonwealth (laughs) i am the commonwealth
0: wonderful (laughs) i i feel very honored to be talking to the commonwealth especially (laughs) these days it's quite an interesting (laughs) don't don't (laughs) um yes anything that you would like to add to your introduction before we start with the subject or
1: no i think that just about covers it uh, yeah right. i think that's everything
0: wonderful so my first question for you is whether you have a concept of integrity and if so why or what is what is the value of it for you what does it mean for you
1: um i do have a concept of integrity um for me integrity is sort of um consistency regardless of the situation um so to put it in disney terms being true to yourself uh, and a really good example of this which kind of brought the concept home to me is a friend of mine who worked as a communications advisor to the um the governor of the province that we're in and i got the chance to be at an event with where he that he was in charge of that he was hosting where you had sort of top politicians from the netherlands Um, Governors from all the provinces, really, absolute top level people. Um, And this friend of mine was exactly the same amongst that group of people as he was when he was at home with his kids. Mm -hmm. Same way of behaving, same way of treating people, same way of talking. And that to me is the definition of integrity.
0: Mm -hmm. And I wonder if you have a physical sensation that you connect to integrity or also that you connect to a lack of integrity or like when you notice something is missing for you how i
1: think it's balance versus imbalance Mm -hmm. so a sense of groundedness versus a sense of uh sort of being off balance
0: Mm -hmm. like actually as an actually feeling like you lose balance yeah
1: well I, i think so so For me, this discussion of integrity is is often about um, behavior. So Mm -hmm. certain people behave in a way that lacks integrity, Mm -hmm. politics being a fantastic example. And then you can, of course, look at sort of uh, facial features when someone's lying and all that. But uh, I know for myself, when I'm maybe behaving in a way that isn't actually consistent with what I believe, you have this feeling of insecurity and this feeling of like, you know, I don't know. Uh, almost like you're sort of standing on one leg and trying to keep your balance on one leg. Um, mm-hmm. Because the the like the thing is, you you are doing things because you think somebody else wants you to be a certain way, rather than who doing things because of that being who you are, which means that. You never actually know what you're supposed to be doing or how you're supposed to be behaving so you are constantly kind of trying to find your way around which gives you this feeling of imbalance Mm
0: -hmm. so there's also a sense of um like sensing outwards like to get the confirmation of whether or not you're doing the right thing Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah. and something that i've been curious about and what kind of started um these interviews or these conversations with people is actually to look at how does this concept of integrity play out in everyday life. So not necessarily only in like the big, you know, big life decisions or like looking at politicians, for example, which are in a way in the spotlight, but to look at, okay, how do I behave when I'm in the supermarket or how do I, interact with people that I know and looking at what I, my question is, if there are places ever so small moments in your everyday life where you notice that it's challenging and if you're willing to share uh, examples. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: while you talking, I was thinking maybe sort of there are multiple ways this integrity thing plays out. Um, in real life. And one of the things that struck me is that there's um, integrity in the sense of you have a certain character, a set of character traits that you just have automatically and you might adapt those, or myself, I might adapt those because I'm with somebody else, I'm around somebody else and I want them to like me. But also there's this thing of like, I have certain choices that I've made. Uh, For instance, hey, it's New Year's, a perfect example. Um, I've made a New Year's resolution to do something like last year my new year's resolution was was to I wanted to work out five days a week. Um and then you for whatever reason don't stick to that. Um so there's integrity sort of in the sense of being around other people, but also integrity in the sense of this is something I've decided to do, I'm going to do it. Um and for me those play out in, in a couple ways. I think. Um when it comes to like integrity with the the second way, though I've made a decision, am I going to stick to it? Uh like sugar is definitely like i love sugar basically give me chocolate anything like that i think that's a a challenge um the way i handle that is like um one of the things i realized recently is uh dieting is not about making healthy eating choices it's about making healthy shopping choices
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and so so choosing not to buy you know crappy food is is kind of the way that plays out. I think the second one is more, or the first one is more complicated, the one about um, when I'm around people, certain people do I behave in certain ways. And this was something that I, it was a big struggle for me when I was younger, especially. I mean, everybody has this issue of insecurity when they're a teenager. For me, it was maybe a little bit extreme because I was homeschooled when I was a teenager. more my parents' chose than mine, um, not that it was all bad, but uh, so I was homeschooled, I was foreign, so I was, I was living in Holland from 12, uh, from 6 to 12, and living in Canada from 12 onwards, so I was always the foreign kid, and I always felt like I didn't really fit in, and so um, for quite a while, and of course it still shows up every now and then, I will try to adapt to other people's behavior, and try to like meet their expectations um or what i perceive their expectations to be and then now i'm just rambling a whole bunch i realized a really good example of this um a couple years back i had a sort of massive life realization one of those like depressing moments when life hits you in the faces that so many of my decisions were still based on what i thought in fact my parents expected of me Mm-hmm. And I had this moment of like, holy crap! I'm living this life that I've built for someone else, not for myself. So many of these decisions are based on sort of the the set of values that my parents have, um, which isn't necessarily a terrible thing because your sense of values and, and morality often comes from your parents. But if you don't own it um, then, and make it your own, then you end up having this feeling that I had of like crap this isn't my life that i'm living i'm living somebody else's life and and i i want i want out i want it to stop i want to stop building my life so i had this massive life crisis and i was very fortunate to have some super good friends around me and my wife and a whole lot of other people um who who kind of guided me through it but i had to go through this process of deciding how do i build my life and make choices that are sort of consistent with what i think and what i believe not this performance mentality of, this is what other people expect and I have to um, have to sort of fit in with that.
0: Mm. You're bringing up a very interesting point, I find, and that is uh, owning the values that you live.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, be- because this is like one of the questions that I've had. What is it actually that is, that makes integrity, like what makes an experience of integrity? If we say, okay, it's being true to yourself or Some people also now in these conversations have said, it's about being whole. And even when you are living, for example, because you feel like something is expected of you from other parents, there's an aspect of you that needs their approval for some reason to survive. So as a whole, actually, this is also part of you, yeah? Even though it, but at the same time, it feels like it's external, their values, not my values. Well,
1: I, I disagree. I disagree slightly. So um, I I agree with like 99% of that. But this thing of that, um, the, the point that you brought up of parents being, um, you know, that being part of who you are. Uh, the question is, why are you behaving like that? And are you behaving like that because it's part of who you are and that's how you were raised? Or you're behaving like that because you want to have some kind of external reward? So it, for me, it was this thing that I kind of the way I'd been raised, which was kind of conditioned to have this performance mentality of, um, you know, when you behave the way you're supposed to behave, then you get appreciation and then you get affirmation. Um, when you don't, then you get punished and and you know you don't get those that affirmation that appreciation. And it was maybe somewhat extreme. So my motivation wasn't doing it because it was who i am and the way i was raised my motivation was this subconscious drive to have to perform otherwise i didn't get any kind of sense of personal validation
0: yes but but needing a personal sense of validation in some way even like at that moment was something that you needed and it might be that in the moment that you become aware of it and realize ah maybe i can get validation from a different place or i don't need it in this way i don't want to need it in this way and i need to find a way to change it until that moment it's still in a way part of it's also a part of you Mm -hmm. yeah maybe not a comfortable one or one that you appreciate or you know but that's the funny weird thing with with integrity also that there's like parts of us or our experience that we might not like or want but the, if you're honest maybe they're still part of who we are or at least were at some point
1: yeah i think i think kind of what you this is like a massive complicated rabbit hole we could dive down so stop me if it too <laughs> much but um so what you're referring to is this thing of like when i have an experience do, am i the experience um to what degree do I integrate that experience or that that thought or whatever into my sense of who I am? And yes. when you're talking about this, what strikes me is there's a difference between acknowledging something and accepting something. Yes. So I have this experience of I need validation from this external source. Now, you have to acknowledge it because it's part of your experience of life and that's the wholeness you're describing to some degree where you're saying, hey, there's this crappy experience that's going on and you can't pretend it's not happening because that's just plain unhealthy and things are going to explode. Yeah. So you have to acknowledge it. But then once you've acknowledged it and you've looked at it, do you have to accept it? Do you say, I'm going to continue to allow this to have part of, ah, no, of course. Life in yeah. my life? Or, or do you say, you know what? I don't want this to have any place in my life anymore. And then you sort of eject it from your, your person.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's kind of what you're referring to
0: yes exactly that's what i meant like the way of like becoming aware and then making it choosing do you make it your own or do you actually reject it and say look no i know i've lived like this but actually to really feel my sense of integrity i want to not do this anymore
1: yeah yeah and that touches on a really interesting point about integrity um which is that in a way you can't live with integrity if you don't have the ability to be kind of fully honest with yourself about these things that are going on some of these things you might not want to admit mm-hmm. and i think for that you need really good friends you mm-hmm. in, in a lot of cases so you can you can look in the mirror all you want and you can write in your journal all you want but there's always going to be things that you might not see for yourself so when you have really good friends you trust and, and who you allow to kind of speak into your life, they can bring that up and be like, yo, that's this thing that you said you thought was important that you're not doing. What's up?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like and very important this aspect <clears> that they are people that you trust and whose comments you allow to reach you in a way, right? So that
1: Yeah, which is another really good kind of sidetrack there, which is um On the one hand, you can have people who don't allow anyone to speak into their life, which is a problem. On the other hand, you can have people who allow literally everyone to speak into their life. So whenever somebody says something, they take it to heart and take it personally. Uh, And that's also, uh, you know, not healthy and in a way lacking integrity. Mm -hmm. Um, There's something, I'm spitballing here, but there's something to do with integrity and the people you choose to surround yourself with. Sort of picking people who share the same values as you. Uh, who don't have to agree with you, but who share the same values or or kind of who you respect and allowing those people to speak into your life rather than just literally everyone.
0: You think they have to um, have the same value, like all the same values?
1: No, but I think that um, especially very core values to who you are is important. So so to kind of you choose values hopefully based on what you think um, is good and right and and kind of how you think the world should run and that doesn't mean those can't change and it doesn't mean that you're right but it does mean that you hold them quite close to you and you they they are very much connected to your sense of who you are now if you uh, go to someone who has the complete opposing view you can have a conversation with them and you can learn from them and maybe grow but if you have someone like that and they speak into your life it, it's just like i i don't see how that could work mm-hmm. um, i think you would be so um your sense of identity and values and purpose would be so shattered by what they say that i don't think it would be healthy
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, to make it really extreme if you have somebody who who um, you know, let's say, doesn't believe in, uh, let's say, for instance, for me, relationships are really important. Friendships are really important. Friendships are something you should you should respect of honor and loyalty is super important in a friendship for me. If I then have a friendship with somebody for who loyalty does not matter, that is not going to work. Mm-hmm. I am going to be frustrated and annoyed and angry and hurt. So I have to be careful about who I choose to be friends with. Yeah. So I can still have some degree of a relationship. Yeah. I'm not going to go to them and say, hey, I've got this tough choice I have to make with my life. What do you think I should do?
0: Yes. Because it's just
1: not, we're not going to see eye to eye.
0: Yeah. 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 And I think this is important, like uh, having this ability to communicate on eye level or on like respecting each other in a certain subject. So that the criticism, for example, also doesn't come belittling or in in any other way patronizing, but actually be like, Hey, I know you're amazing in all other ways, but look this thing you're doing right there, not cool. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: And and I think what you you what you're touching on is like, on the one hand, the way someone gives criticism is important. But on the other hand, the relationship has to kind of be at a certain level where, where you, you just have that neutral trust where you can allow somebody to, to, to address issues that make you feel uncomfortable and make you maybe lo- not look so good and all that stuff.
0: Yeah. Do you have a kind of practice or anything that you, use for yourself when you feel like you are in a situation where you're not sure whether to do this or that, or whether it's like different motivations or because integrity often I find gets questions either when we're in a new space, like in a new area where we have never interacted before, or if there are maybe paradox, uh, like, polls like either people that uh, we want to please or we want to be in contact with but for some reason there is something that is in the conflict or subjects like do i spend my time on this or on that and like navigating this space in with integrity
1: yeah so there's i mean the first one you address which is like a new space like being in a new place or around new people there's sort of um is how I think I should act and how I usually act, which is I can I, I can be very sociable and, and communicative and all that, but I hate it. I hate meeting new people. I'm really bad at it, and I can force myself to do it. But um, so usually, if I'm in a new space and I don't have some kind of external motivation, I just become antisocial and either talk to the people that I know or, or uh, you know if, if this is a, a a pet oh my gosh, like if I'm at a party and somebody has a pet, I'll go hang out with the pet. Um, But
0: this doesn't have to mean that you do it without integrity. It can be a choice where you're like, okay, I'll go talk to the pet.
1: Yeah, well, so, uh, yeah, of course. But (laughs) I think um, in that situation, sort of, that's quite a selfish way to behave in in a way. So how I am trying to act more and where I'm trying to move towards is, is just going and talking to people and questioning myself about my comfort zone. Of course, if I've had a long day and I'm feeling lazy, then I won't bother, but um, trying to make it about other people rather than myself is maybe a good way of handling that. Um, The other things you touched on there are more complicated, which is like um, when you find yourself in the middle of a debate or when you're trying to make a decision, um, sort of like we were talking before we started the recording about, uh, what do you want to do with something in your life? So that what we're talking about before the recording for everybody who's listening is uh, I made this decision to get started with team Academy recently and I had the choice to stop the previous work that I was doing um, which you know is a pretty steady income' something I've built up over the last couple of years and then start with team Academy which was totally new it's a risk and and it's costing a bunch of my savings and and maybe it doesn't work out. Um so that that was kind of the core cool decision that I was trying to make last summer and around the time I was trying to make this decision. I was in Berlin with Aninha and I had another good friend of ours, Stephen. And so that what I did then, which is ask you guys what you guys thought is actually a kind of a go to mechanism for me when I'm trying to make tough decisions. Um, so first I ask Michelle, my wife, and then uh, second I'll ask people around me who I trust and um and also who i see like i see the results of the choices they've made in their life and i think okay this is good this is something that i would like to see in my life so i um, yeah going to people that i trust this is a mechanism that i use for sure mm-hmm. and also yeah. just thinking like taking time to process and write stuff down and, and, and like meditate through these ideas or these conflicts
0: yeah i like that it's um yeah asking people for like in a way you're referring back to using friends as a as a mirror or or for your like personal behavior but also using other people's perspectives as inspiration to make choices
1: yeah yeah, and it doesn't have to be even even friends per se. I think um, it can be just like a thing of anyone anyone who you see the results of their choices and you think this is something that I would like to see in my life, you can go and ask them uh, for advice. And, and that doesn't mean you need to take their advice, but you can ask for it. And I think my general approach with, with a lot of things is get a lot of different bits of information and then look okay what do i have how do i value everything and based on that how do i make this decision um i think that's a really good way of of kind of making choices in general
0: do you use any kind of i don't know why this came into my mind now but do you use any kind of visual aids for yourself like when you collect these choices the way that you gestured i think made me and also knowing that you do facilitate creativity workshops. I was wondering if you have some trick up your sleeve. Like a, you...
1: Well, so I, I facilitate creativity workshops. And the thing about me is that, so I like to paint and draw and all that, but um, I'm very, like all, all the, the visuals go in my head very easily. So I, I can visualize things really easily. So mostly the, the visual stuff is just happening in my brain. I have a really easy time coming up with an image of, of sort of the choices that I have to make and all the consequent uh, results of those choices. And, and then that image just stays and I can bring it up whenever I want. But I probably should do like mind mapping or something. I, I'll often write it down. That helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But nothing crazy creative. Mm. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. Uh,
0: I find like it's pretty amazing to think that you you would have an image that you then kind of pull back up in the front of your mind. Pretty cool. It, it
1: comes from music actually. Mm-hmm. So um, what I was, so I, for, for everyone listening, I am trained as a classical guitarist. Uh, I have a bachelor's and a master's in classical guitar performance. And um, I had a career performing in playing in competitions and doing the whole music thing. And when you're playing in competitions especially the issue is always or for me it was always memorization so you've got like an hour's worth of really complex classical music that you're going to jam into your brain and then like kind of every note you miss is like a minus point in the competition so you want to like hit all the notes and not just play the right note but play them in the way that you want it to so the volume and the rhythm and everything is, is perfect mm-hmm. the expression is in there and so the trick with memorizing that complex Stuff is basically to put it in your brain in as many places as possible. So, the simplest form of memory, which is what most people um, call muscle memory with music, is tactile memory. So, it's memory yeah. that's triggered by a feeling. So, you've played it so many times that when you touch the strings, you just know, okay, this is what's supposed to come up. Problem with tactile memory is it's not super reliable. So, you can also do auditory memory. And auditory memory is just like listening to the song over and over again. Um, you can do like I don't um, sort of uh, like you can analyze the piece of music harmonically and memorize the harmony. And then for me, what was always easiest was visual. So I would just visualize myself sitting and playing the piece of music, and just like I do, maybe five or six hours of practice on my instrument, and then like two hours of mental practice,
0: mm-hmm.
1: just play through my whole program in my head. And whenever I was like traveling, I'd play through the program in my head. And so I think that ability to visualize something is where that, that what you're referring to comes mm.
0: from. Well, you, so all of
1: you who want to be super nerdy and try this at home, you can <laughs> learn it. Just practice. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, so there, isn't that a nice, um, recommendation at the end? Practice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I wonder, um, when you're trying to make a difficult decision and you talk to all these people and make this image of your, of the different things in your head, is there any of these audit, auditorial, oh, like sorry, hearing, yeah. the, like their voices or their physic the physical sensations that you had while you were speaking with them, with uh, different people, or so like? What is,
1: that, like, I think physical, what is physical is just, As cheesy as it sounds, I'm learning more and more to go on that instinct. So, the decision making thing is is an interesting one to to chat about um, in and of itself, just because I'm kind of having this debate with myself after going through this process of deciding to go for Team Academy. Um, One of the the kind of final stones was chatting with another friend of mine, and what he said is Peter, you already know, Um, which is like super, like Zen, whatever. But he said, (laughs) you already know. The choice that you should make or that you want to make, the one that you really hope for, but a bunch of things that you think, you know, like you should be responsible or you you um, should pick the safe route or whatever, those things are stopping you. So just go for the thing that you know you want to make, like the decision you know you want to make within yourself, the trust, your gut instinct. So, so uh, if you're talking about sensation, I think getting kind of a feel for like, oh, this is this is right, this feels right, It's definitely a physical sensation and it's definitely something in your gut.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but that point that I just made kind of negates my whole thing about having a process the decision-making. <laughs> but maybe maybe like well, this maybe I I a mean, thing, right? Where it's like you make decisions with the help of people and then the more you get through life, the more you realize how you can make decisions sort of just on, like you get to know that gut, feeling better and better as you travel through
0: life yeah and it might be that it's not just dis- like i would say it's not disconnected from your uh, thinking either like i mean it's informed probably by different things some of them that we can't um track with our thoughts because it's too subtle or too mystical <laughs> but some of them yeah. sure also f- from information or a fact or, or facts that we did at some point here in the conversation or a thought that we picked up there
1: yeah what kind of muddies the water a little bit right is that i was recently listening to some i think it was freakonomics some podcaster they were talking about um i think it was a podcast about quitting and basically like when you have a situation when you genuinely don't know what you should do the best choice always is just making a choice. So a lot of people think that they should wait around until something kind of like shows up and, and that, that lights the way and tells them what path to choose. But in general, it's always better to make a choice sooner rather than later. So that kind of muddies the whole issue of like, should you have a process or not? Because making a decision better is always, uh, sooner is always better. But anyway, this is, this is a sidetrack <laughs> animal making decisions.
0: Yeah. Well, well, I guess if you, if you, you can still talk about making decisions and wanting to keep your integrity in it. Um, and then the next question is like, okay, but sometimes maybe it's making a quiz quick decision. And then afterwards, you notice, okay, no, this really feels wrong. I need to change this decision or whatever effects it has.
1: And then you're dealing with this cost thing, right? <laughs>
0: yes, <laughs>
1: which is this thing of like, ah, I've made this decision. I've already invested all this time going in this direction. Should I change my mind now? Exactly. Um, and then just recognizing that, like, this the the time that you've put into it should actually have zero bearing on your decision.
0: Yeah. My final question is always whether you have a kind of tool or resource or process. Mm. Well,
1: wait, it's over already. This is so fast. I didn't
0: even ask you any questions. You can ask me questions if you want. We can postpone this question. Okay. What's the physical sensation for you? For me, (laughs) it sounds really weird. you You can say what you want. Yeah it for me the physical sensation of integrity is very like um like if you think of uh apple juice <laughs> there you, you know you can have this clear apple juice and you can have this kind of mm, mucky murky apple juice so so sometimes when i go into the i used to go into the sea in the winter And the sensation in my body and the blood feels like the blood turns from murky to clear. And this for me is the same sensation with integrity. It's like the blood and everything inside is kind of like clear. There's nothing that's in the way. And it's in a way, everything feels connected and very undramatic. Mm. Um, And a very clear sensation of the bones or like the physical, like the structure being just there without having to do anything.
1: I, I, this is bringing up like, I, I have a note on my computer filled with all the like random ideas for blog posts that I want to write at some Enough. point in the future, all of which you need to like get written. And it, it oh yeah. So I wrote this note. This is at the very bottom. This is from when I first started this note, and it says, pure pain is cathartic. Tainted pain breaks you. And So this thing of like going into the ocean and like that, the cold does not feel good, but it feels good. Yeah. Right? It's this like pure cold. And yeah. it's extremely painful, but because there's this like sense of purity to it that you're describing.
0: That's yeah, really, I, don't I don't know if I would call it painful. I would say it's cold, basically. But I didn't go into the water when it was painful, yet not with ice. Ice. Let's ice. say
1: uncomfortable.
0: Uncomfortable, yes. Yeah. It's also not like I would hang out in there for a long time. <laughs> yeah, but I wonder if there's something like
1: this is getting far too metaphorical. But there's something about that—that um, that idea of sort of discomfort and purity and integrity. Um, Mm. it's sort of like this idea, it's this idea of like making a decision, um, regardless of like, you know, that it might be, the results might be uncomfortable. That You might not, um, uh, sort of, yeah, it's prioritizing who you are and what you stand for over your own comfort to some degree integrity. Yes. so that can be in a social situation like we talked about a lot but it can also be like financial it can yes. also be sort of saying this is who i am and this is the, the a choice that i'm going to make based on on what i believe in who i am not based on what feels like at the moment being the most comfortable easy thing to do yeah and i think that's yeah that that idea of sort of being able to delay gratification or being able being able to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation because what you believe is really intrinsic to integrity.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know what that, like how, I don't know what the mechanism is behind that or how you learn to do that, but anyway. Yeah, but it's
0: an interesting summary of the, yeah, this has come up a lot actually, in a way, prioritizing whatever important value over comfort. Mm Mm-hmm. Even if it is in a social situation also, like, you know, speaking up uh, for someone or for a certain, in a certain situation saying, look, this is wrong or this is, something is missing or all of this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What, What are the other things that have come up so far that have kind of surprised you or made you go like, oh, that's so interesting?
0: I think the most interesting for me has been how different it is for like f- for different people like some people are connecting very much to even like nature and like our position like our position as humans in the like universe <laughs> and some people talked very strongly about emotion like different kind of emotions that are easier or more challenging to be, be with or deal with or show um, and then like the little the little yeah little processes or practices we all have to come back to this sensation of okay I want to feel integrity I want to be able to stand behind what I'm saying like it, be that writing or just a breathing or talking to other people
1: So that's the consistent thread that you kind of see.
0: Yeah, I find, at least with the people that I talked to that I chose for this subject and something that uh, they wanted.
1: Why why do you think people find this sensation of integrity kind of to be valuable or important or desirable? Because
0: integrity can be
1: very inconvenient
0: Well, yeah, I've, my theory is that it's something what we strive for as living beings, basically. Mm. Being whole, being one, being, and as humans, we have this aspect of, okay, we have values, we have like these abstract things that we also talk about and think about and feel about. Mm. Um, And for other living things, we don't know how much of that is going on, but in a way like we are trying to become stronger or bigger or more of us like in a way even when we invent things like we're trying to make the world more whole like okay something's missing here i want to add that as well i i believe it's a sensation of um being unhurt and like when something's missing, it can hurt in some w- weird way. Mm-hmm. In one of the conversations, um, Bastian Künzel he said that he had heard this, um, in a talk that someone said that the opposite of integration integ- integrity is fragility, which I, this was the moment also that I really liked because it's like, okay, yes, when you're fragile, you're imbalanced. Right and um, fragility is like so and in a way all the mechanisms are even in the body like even the heat constant healing process that is going on yeah we we are like we're constantly exposed to some kind of bacteria and things and we hit ourselves we fall break things and then there's this mechanism of healing and like all the fascia in our bodies trying to constantly repair all the little rips and chairs that we have so that we continue to stay and i think that this is part of this weird living force that
1: if this is sort of like a, a, a consistent thing throughout humanity why do you think there's such a in many ways lack of integrity or lack of wholeness or, or is yeah. there
0: such a lack and so that's the weird thing <laughs> It's like people
1: have, people have an innate need to eat and everybody somehow manages to find food. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. So
1: if we have an innate need, and I understand like massive hierarchy and all that.
0: This is Until we don't and then we die, right? I mean, I, I, like, I believe that even, and this is again, like this climb also up in the conversation with someone, that even, that I tried to say before also, that even if you are doing something that seems like a lack of integrity from the outside, It might be that you are, from the inside, trying to heal something that has been hurt before.
1: This is super interesting. And I think, yeah, I think you're completely correct.
0: Right? And, like, maybe even, like, okay, this is, like, very, I don't know, magazine psychology. But, like, maybe as a tiny kid, something... You you were lacking something, and then constantly in the rest of your life you're trying to get that thing that you didn't get, and then you don't have another mechanism to to gain whatever it is that you're missing, and you're trying like you're trying, trying, trying. I think like this is at least how I try to, or how I perceive it, or how I see it in other people, or even yeah, I love
1: that. I love that idea. Like, I think there's a lot to it. The the first thing that strikes me is, um, there's a quote from Seneca and I'm gonna butcher it, but it's basically like, we are more often afraid than angry.
0: Yeah, I think so too.
1: And so there's this idea like, like often the ways that you're describing in which people try to heal themselves or to find that sense of integrity are not healthy and they hurt other people. And then we look at the, those people who have hurt us because of the way that they tried to find wholeness, and we say, "You did this on purpose. You wanted to hurt me," and uh, fail to recognize actually they're just trying to just trying to get by like everyone else. And there are people who I think are genuinely malicious and and have bad intentions, but I think for the most part, not. For the most part, it's like you said, just this sort of automatic attempt to fix something that's broken and and unfortunately i think um, and
0: the lack of skill or lack of tools to do it in a different way and to even reflect on hey what am i doing could i do this in a different way yeah and like if we're going like oh this is what we've always done so we're going to continue doing this
1: yeah Um, yeah i think that's like what you described this this thing of like um you know something happens to you when you were a child and often then you come up with some kind of a mechanism for dealing with that a coping mechanism and then that sort of becomes automatic and then you you just you know like for, for me my coping mechanism when, when life gets too much is just to continue shoving, shoving it down until something explodes which is not healthy and I don't know when I learned that but it's definitely something that's been around since I was probably like I don't know before I was a teenager so you have these mechanisms on all kinds of levels in your life to do with this. And then you need that reflection that you're describing to say, wait a second, there's a problem I'm trying to solve. Like I'm here, this is the issue. This is the, the wholeness that I want to find, but this mechanism here, is this a, the best way to, to get there or not? Yeah. It often means taking the time to sit down and say "What's well, actually going on.
0: Yeah. And for this, I think we need a moment of safety, like a sensation of safety to be even daring to yeah. think and not just survive.
1: How do you make those moments for yourself? You consciously kind of plan things in?
0: Um, so I, I, th- I have different tools that I use. Um, in different moments like for me writing has become a very strong tool like when i especially when there's like an emotional thing going on like that's really strong and i feel like ah oh, i'm i don't know I'm, i can hear myself being mean to someone in my head or angry at someone or or even just like frustrated and and so on like to just write everything 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 down and allow myself to both hear everything that I have to say and to read it again and then to see, and then read it again and to see, okay, is there something I need to do? Mm. Say something to this person or just, is this something that I just need to acknowledge that I was hurt or frustrated? Or did I just need to allow myself to say fuck you once and then it's already, you know, over? <laughs> mm. I sometimes, um have also like more like just breathing and actually physically noticing myself Mm. and getting back to this sensation of okay yes okay things are i don't know maybe uh, upsetting but i am here i'm whole i don't have to jump into this defense and survival mode i can i can take this moment to think about okay if this is the situation what do i want to do um the third one would be movement like to start by dance like kind of dancing or just choosing a song and moving whichever sensation like making whichever movement comes from this imbalance or something like this and then following the movement for a while breathing and, and so on and then after giving myself time to move then again sit down and say okay how do i how does this situation look? Is there a need for action or is there a need for just feeling something for a moment?
1: Hmm. Is it now at a point where sort of something will happen uh, and you'll, you'll feel frustrated or annoyed or whatever and you'll automatically go and start writing or do you, have you kind of put mental triggers in place where you tell yourself, okay, make sure you do this or do you make time every day? or at consistent times to do
0: this i don't have a system at the moment like sometimes like in times when when life is intense for some reason and like i i might have like okay every day i was take 10 minutes at least to write or to move or to something like this um sometimes i have a more like okay once a week i sit down and have a specific conversation with someone where they ask me questions, for example. This is also something I use. Um, But I would say that I have, it has become more easy to get going, like to sometimes just do it without. I think in the beginning when I started with this, it was really like I needed a schedule or I needed to say, yes, every day I will look at this da-da-da-da-da. And now I feel more, comfortable or confident also to say, okay, in some days it's fine. I don't need to all the time reflect and all the time, look at what's going on. And I know that if there is something where I'm insecure or torn, I will take a step and I will make time for it.
1: What, uh, like, how do you
0: pick the people
1: that you invite? You just, is it literally everyone in your address
0: book or? <laughs> no I didn't contact everyone in my address book i i but I could I guess more or less <laughs> i I talked I, I asked people that I've had um, conversations with that kind of touched in this like subjects along the line of integrity or something related <laughs> or also who I like from seeing them in their context i appreciated the way that they were behaving and uh, or taking choices and i was curious to see how would they think about this out loud hmm.
1: sure one last question and then and then ladies and gentlemen, we'll wrap up this episode of integrity with peter powell um no so yeah the question is if, if you look at your life now um no, how, how, it's this how does life look living totally and completely with integrity to you what does that life look like small question <laughs> well, what are elements of that that you think about it?
0: well the, for me what you said in the beginning like there's a certain um, sense of consistency um, between what i say and what i do and what i feel um and living that and at the same time adding the aspect of i am a human being with a body that makes mistakes that doesn't know any better sometimes that gets sick um in a way finding um finding a practice of kindness in that for mistakes or illness or other times when there's need for rest or restoration or things like this Um, and then this aspect of okay um valuing like not taking comfort so seriously i guess Hmm. so not to never be comfortable i think it's so like this is something i've become more um, soft around I, I, I think I was quite I I could be quite um, rigid on principles for a while especially as a teenager and but also since like as as a younger adult and I find more like it's I also find it human that we sometimes we want comfort we want to feel pleasure and just enjoy something for once and like but to, to have this, in a way, have a practice of reflection or have a practice of checking in every once in a while to say, hey, is what I'm, do I live in a way that I appreciate still? And yeah. is there anything that I need to do to make that true again, if there's something that's missing? Yeah, so
1: I, I like this idea of consistency in all areas your, of your life while being gracious while having grace and then um, the, the comfort discomfort thing is interesting it makes it reminds me of something in um, in music I was having a conversation yesterday evening with someone about 20th century classical music and, and for anybody who knows about it like not the most beautiful music in the world
0: <laughs>
1: not very enjoyable to listen to let's be honest yeah, it's, it can argue its philosophical value, but it's like just value as far as like pure enjoyment goes is pretty small. Um, and the issue is that with a lot of early 20th century, uh, like a lot of modern music in classical music, it's just dissonant, like dissonant as hell. And the thing is, like dissonance is great, but dissonance serves a function, which is to make the consonant sound more consonant.
0: Yeah, so I think the
1: same thing with comfort and discomfort. I think. It discomfort is good and to be able to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation is good but only in as far as it allows you to enjoy that comfort so much more and appreciate it so much more in your life if you just always put yourself in an uncomfortable situation your whole life is just uncomfortable yeah and then again
0: you you turn into this like kind of survival mode where you are constant on like under a constant level of stress that you can grow or learn in
1: it doesn't make sense philosophically, like total discomfort, isn't that just like being yeah. waterboarded or something? Like <laughs> but, You know, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I'll, answer your, I'll answer your question. Now. So
0: the last question is uh, like, if there is a tool or resource uh, practice that you enjoy yourself, that you want to recommend for someone to experiment with, if they were listening and they wanted to, like in this movement of being like on one leg, trying to balance and finding the right answer for themselves or the right move or the, the next decision.
1: Oh man. Uh, definitely reflection, which you already touched on. Yeah, I think you really good at asking yourself uncomfortable questions or finding people who can ask you uncomfortable questions.
0: This is a great one, I think find people yeah. to ask you uncomfortable questions
1: yeah and making yourself okay with it like don't get offended i don't see the point of getting offended i think being offended is the stupidest thing you can be it's not <laughs> useful like either <laughs> fundamentally like philosophically disagree with someone and have an intelligent discussion that's fine or just get over yourself and agree with it. so i think um uh hey that's a good one that's a tool when you feel yourself getting offended don't stop and ask yourself (laughs) what's going on why do i feel like this well the reflection thing again i think the reflection thing is super important having people allowing people to ask you uncomfortable questions finding people who are smart enough and care about you enough to ask you those uncomfortable questions um and then trusting them uh trusting them that they have the best intentions for you at heart but also that um what they have to say is worth listening to I think mm. important. Um, I'm sure that like we'll hang up, and I'll have like five really useful things that I could have said well, in this moment. But,
0: but this is uh, that's is already very now. useful. It's fine.
1: Yeah, that's all I got for now.
0: Yeah, thank you very much for your generous. Oh,
1: I, I have a, I have an answer, and I haven't tried this one. This is new. Okay. So I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about the sunk costs. Um, bias and how do you deal with that uh-huh. and they're describing a situation where um, Intel there was the CEO of Intel so Intel used to make not processes but RAM so memory um, and uh, they were at a point where like they used to be the like lead guys in the market and then a bunch of Japanese companies started making memory and they had this question like crap what do we do because we used to have the market it, and now we don't. And they just started making processes and IBM had just decided to put their processes into their, their latest computer. And and they were like, so we've got the RAM thing, which we've done for years, and that's how we built our company. And we're f- like kind of screwed there. And so we've got the processor thing, which it seems like it could be a, a thing, but I'm not sure. So th- they have this debate raging back and forth and the CEO, whose name I, forget was having this discussion with his second-in-command or whoever and at one point he sudden stopped and he said what would happen if the board fired us and hired somebody new as a CEO what would that new CEO do mm-hmm. and his second-in-command said well his, the, the, the new guy would immediately start focusing on processes and stop focusing on memory and I think that's a really interesting question to ask yourself about integrity. What if I take myself out of my body for a moment, and out of all these things that are going on, and imagine myself in the shoes of somebody else? What would somebody else do in the situation?
0: Hmm.
1: You know, I think that's a really interesting tool around integrity.
0: Yeah.
1: There you go. I've tried it myself. I'm going to start trying it. This I do like how this thing yesterday. I think.
0: Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds like a good uh, thing to experiment with. So thank you for generously participating and both sharing answers and asking questions, thinking together.
1: Yeah, it was a cool discussion. Thank you for having me. Um,
0: Yeah, and I will, I look forward to seeing you in whatever will be our next context.
1: Everyone listening, um, shameless plug go and check out www.teamacademy.nl. It is going to change the world and hopefully fix literally all of post-secondary education and it's going to be really cool. So check it out. Um, and The link is also
0: in the description of the podcast.
1: Yeah. If you have questions or you want to get in touch with me or anything like that, my uh, you can just get in touch with the, the contact details for the Master Team Academy. On the website, I am the person who replies to that email, so just uh, shoot me a message, and I'm happy to either answer your questions about integrity or about Team Academy or literally
0: anything else. <laughs> that sounds amazing! A great invitation for the end. Perfect. So yes. have a conversation with Peter. I can just recommend it.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for listening, and. As you know, if you want to listen to more episodes, you can find them at www.livingwithintegrity.com and more information about Peter's project at teamacademy.nl. I do recommend checking it out. I'm Aninha and I wish you a wonderful weekend, evening or afternoon, whichever is true for you right now after listening.